Howdy y'all. What the fuck is up? My name is Willard and this is Twinkle Dads, an email advice show. Uh, first and foremost, if you'd like to send in a question asking for personal advice to be answered on a future episode, you can do one of three things. You can email me, twinkledad69 at gmail.com, DM me at emo advice show on Twitter and Instagram, or you can text me at 775-710-5150. You can also do a hidden fourth option, and that is harassing strangers about sending in questions. You know, see someone at a bar, you want to talk them up? Nah, fuck that. You don't need a relationship with them. You need to diagnose them. You need to be like, hey, you, I think that there's something wrong with you. I know a perfect podcast that you can open up open up to about all of your deepest and darkest secrets. Um, and then give them my number. Uh, surely it will help. Um, but in all actuality, nothing's off limits. Today we're going to get into some pretty heavy stuff, but I think most importantly is I want to be here for you. You know, we should be here for others because empathy is like arguably the greatest tool we have as humans and as people. And if you like, you know, and if you can't give empathy to yourself about your own problems, if you think that what you're going through is stupid, then how are you able to give proper empathy and care towards other people and their problems? You know, you don't have to die alone. You don't have to be alone. And please always just remember that there is someone here for you, even if it's me, for some reason. Um, but yeah, thank you so much. And once again, if you want to reach out, you can email twinkledad69 at gmail.com, DM me on Twitter and Instagram at emo advice show, or text me at 775-710-5150. Um, we're back. Uh, the best way to put it, we've been off the air for about a month and a half. And, um, it's funny. I, I think I'll be pretty open about it. Uh, doing a podcast or really any form of art when you're not like financially stable or like even wealthy, like, you know, we're not talking about like baseline financial stability, but like, when you have like a comfortable amount of like spending money or can like live safely without like working, um, it's a stupid idea. Uh, doing a podcast in general is kind of a bad idea. And now I fully realize why like the stereotype of dudes who live in their mom's basement create podcasts are a thing because they can do that. They can afford to do it. Uh, because it's a lot of time to dedicate and you know when you're too busy having that big money grind set working 45 hours a week i'm not working that you just can't afford a lot of like what's considered to be like extra stuff and i think you know with twinkle dads that was unfortunately the case it very much had to fall to the wayside, even though it was, you know, it's a project I love doing and I want to continue to do. And so, you know, with like the idea of just getting up on my feet, it was just tough because there was just a lot to think about, a lot going on. And for the past month or so, um, I, I think I exceeded all of my capabilities. I 
to be like hyper specific and to talk about other things because it isn't just about a job but yeah if you don't if you remember if you listen to the last episode that was supposed to be the episode that you know twinkle dads came back t dads is back and better than ever but so i had recorded like three quarters of that podcast like i had literally like 11 minutes to record essentially and as i was walking home from work being like i'll be able to record it finally i just everything got worse i i was i was just hit with news that we would have to change our living situation in less than two weeks. Um, and I got that news sitting in a Taco Bell, eating like a gordita crunch wrap. And I was just like, fuck, dude. Like, I was like, there's no way in hell that I am like leaving Twinkle Dads aside. And so I finished the episode stressed out of my mind, completely losing it. And then afterwards, I'm like, yeah, Twinkle Dads isn't back. It's not it's not ready. Like, I just like who can fucking do this? Honestly. Um, and we managed to like, now we're like moved into the new place. Everything's going swimmingly and we got it done like pretty quick, you know? And I think it was just a lot, like it went smooth. Like it's the funny thing where like everything's working out, everything's working out perfectly because like before moving here i had like set out plans of just like here is what the long-term goals are going to be and this move especially was like wow i beat my one year goals in about like four months uh which is insane to think about it's a bit nutty um as well like i'm very thankful for all of that you know it is god's plan after all it it just still just kind of shits like it's still like tough and even though i don't have my head down about things it is just blow after blow and that is just life that is simply how everything works one more like you know one night you're having the time of your life eating wingstop on the floor watching adventure time on your day off being hell yeah by the next morning, when you go to get coffee, you find out that the car that you use, its catalytic converter, has been stolen. And now you have to walk to Dave & Buster's. And um, so, yeah, and your car sounds like a nanobot hex bug driving around uh, downtown L.A. <laughs> you know, it, it works out. It, like, you know, it works out. It's not like the worst thing to go through. But all of those things are just a lot of extra energy being used and being exhausted and life is tough. And I've just kind of been waiting for the day to come back to this and to have reason to come back to Twinkle Dads and talk to you and interact with you. And very thankful that now we're back. Twinkle Dads is fully back in a direction that I want it to go personally as a quote-unquote podcaster but also just as a person and i really do want to thank a few people for that um or like yeah because 
over the ma- like last month and a half, Twinkle Dads has not like left the mind whatsoever. Um, the first thanks I want to give is to a friend who I don't know if you're listening. Uh, you know who you are because we didn't talk for like two years. Uh, it was a friend that I had a major falling out with. And it's one of those things where like, you know, the reason why we didn't talk for two years was I considered, I would consider like reaching out an olive branch, but sometimes you just do things that you regret, like that, you know, that you fucked up bad on and you know, and you own up to it, you accept it and you just take accountability but you were like, there's also no reason for this person to have me in their life anymore. And so I just kind of held off on it. And um, my friend likewise did until um, one day I reached out through Be Real, uh, which is a funny Zoomers really know how to pick their social medias to reconnect on. And then um, we were talking. Ironically, we were talking when I was walking home to record the last episode and we called for the first time and it was very much just, you know, when you care about someone that care will still remain and we'll talk about it in this episode, that care will still continue to haunt. And so we patched everything up. And then I asked why, because the friend was the one who reached out first. Why? And they said it was because Twinkle Dads came back. And they listened to it and they felt kind of weird not contacting. Uh, and I'm just, you know, it's healing. It's very healing and fun to see how like time can grow and how people can grow. And just very thankful that it had that effect. And to be like, oh, like what can Twinkle, Twinkle Dads has done a lot for me. What can it do for others? Um, a special thanks also just goes out to everybody who has reached out. A lot of people I don't know and I've never met um, have have been Instagram DMing and sending messages throughout just saying, like, keep doing it. Get your head up. And I just want to say that likewise. Just keep doing it. Whatever you love will always be there as long as you take the time that's important for you to heal. Um, and then really the final thing goes out to the person who sent in this question today. They sent in a question a few episodes back. I forgot which one specifically about a bad roommate situation. And this is a very heavy and dense follow-up to it. But this question was only sent because this person had reached out and asked if it was still going. You know, and I think I was in like the bathroom of a movie theater texting and it was just like, yeah, like it's like tabled at the moment, but at one point it will come back and they're like, okay, you know, I just have something heavy, but I don't want to trauma dump. And it's just like, there's really, I mean, there is such thing as trauma dumping, but like, there's nothing heavy if it's a true and active thing that's hurting you. Like we don't need to, we don't need to push that aside. Like nothing's off limits. And so they sent it and it was a very moving and thought provoking question or like experience that they detail uh, that feels necessary to highlight by itself. And so, yes, I'll just labor it. The, um, the content warning is just for heavy discussion of trauma as a concept and also like heavy 
drug usage. So yeah, that is the one question we'll be answering this week. We'll be answering more questions next week, even with guests for the first time. So yes, if you want to be featured on a future episode, you know how to hit me up because I want to be here for you. I wish I could explain why I'm going to start the episode off with this song. Um, But truth of the matter is I checked my last FM. I've listened to it like 60 times in the past 24 hours. There, there's no other introduction. It's BLC by liquid Mike. If you know, you know, Um, and then we'll be back talking about what's going on with you. Thank you so much and see you soon. Bye-bye. moved out the other day and he left a lot behind both literally and metaphorically he was always a pretty aggressive presence and i assumed based on conversations i had with my other roommates an alcoholic with maybe some smaller scale drug issues there were a number of times he made me feel very uncomfortable in our space he left in the middle of the night last week unable to live here anymore for a multitude of reasons We haven't been able to contact him and we need to fill the room, so I took on the task of cleaning it as no one else was willing or felt compelled. And the remnants of what was left in his room was a mountain of trash under which lay pills, vials, syringes, and pipes. I cleaned it all in isolation. I felt like I was digging through someone's life, or perhaps not their life, but their death as though this is what remains of this person and this is what their spiral looked like 20 bags of trash later i can't help but think i failed him he wasn't my friend and i can't even say i really even liked him but we inhabited the same space and i feel like maybe i could have done something different anything that could have helped this person I just don't know how to grapple with this guilt and these fears about whether he's okay 
or even the fears about him returning with the understanding that I have now. Even now, I am reflecting more on past trauma and thinking about how easily I've been able to move on. But I just don't know how to move on from this. I guess there's not really a question there, except how do I move on from this? I'm going to be living in the room he used to live in, and I feel almost haunted by his ghost, in a way. (gasps) First of all, thank you so much for sending in this question and opening up about all of that. Um, We're just going to kind of open up with like a framework of how to approach this and like how to help you process everything because you you mentioned ghosts like you know haunting and ghosts we all know what like that metaphor or like what that imagery means and i think really if we break down the context of like what's goat like what are ghosts then I think, you know, it will help soothe the brain and help you just understand and clarify, like, what this means to you. Because you really, I I think it's unfair to say that you saw a death of this person, like, going through the trash, and more so a life, you know, because... Addiction isn't a flash thing. There's a good chance, and who knows, maybe he was addicted the entire time y'all lived together, even beforehand. And there, right there, is essentially a lifetime of suffering, like all addictions are. And so I guess to be in your shoes and to be hit with this just severe impact of another person's life that you had no idea about, And to be like, okay, I have to process this in like 12 hours cleaning it out. And then I will have to live in it instead of like being able to have that space. Because you don't, yeah, you're, you sadly don't have the space to like completely like process and break down it. You are essentially living in a room haunted by a ghost. And so I think that's okay. You know, it's completely okay because it's a very human thing you just got hit with a dense bright flash of someone's deep dark personal life (laughs) and now you just have to understand it and make sense of it all not for his sake but for your own you know and being that third party when you're like in the blast radius of someone else's trauma and traumatic effects It's like this whole weird gray area because you aren't really the victim in it, but you are impacted and have something to grieve and have something to process, you know, and it's important to just figure out where you lie in the dynamic between you and your ex roommate and his traumas and how you, where your own traumas should be respected in their own right. Um, And so, yeah, I think when we understand ghosts or figure out ghosts, the best definition of ghosts actually comes from Derrida. And no, I won't play that Glockamora song, even though it would be fitting. Um, 
but yeah, Derrida, he, he has this thing called hauntology. Uh, you might already know. Some people might not. Uh, it's a, like a leftist communist idea because he read like the first page of the communist manifesto. And as you know, it opens up with there is a specter that is haunting Europe, the specter of the bourgeoisie and the proletariat. And he took haunting and be like, you know, here is this class conflict that persisted, you know, when the communist manifesto uh, was written and that existed beforehand and will exist after. Because when the first like different when the bourgeoisie and the proletariat were created, you know, even though it was destroyed to communism, that class separation still like persists and it still beat like a heart. And it's a sign of the past and that the past is living in a time where it doesn't belong. And I think when we talk about human essences, it's the easiest way to describe ghosts. Like, not paranormal. We can't, like, prove that paranormal spirits exist. But you can prove that someone's essence and personality and life they live will still be burned in the space that they inhabited and that it will just kind of persist in their own time. He's gone. Like you said, or unless something freaky happens, he won't ever return to that room again. Therefore, in your eyes, as you know, you'll never interact with him again, he's gone and now belongs in the past. Yet those images and the suffering and the torment that he must have gone through in his addiction while in that room will hang there and beat there like a human heart. And that right there is haunting. You know, he he's his own being that just continues on. And... You know, it's a heavy task and I get it. And I'm very sorry that you are just kind of forced to construct like what their entire existence was like in such a short amount of time. And that you have to like try to figure out how to make sense of things because, you know, that's the way for you to heal. That's like just kind of like what you need because you can't leave shit like that unanswered. And, you know, it's. It's a task I do not envy that we all ought to, like, you know, have to do. And, you know, it's hard. And don't, like, you know, throughout all of it, I, like, you know, always remember that, like, your feelings are important, too, in this process. And that, you know, hopefully you have a support system and people around you to care for you and to be there for you as you deal with it um you know and what i would say as like a healthy healthy starting point into processing and like figuring out your emotions uh, just give time to make sense of who he was and with as much heart as you can respecting who he was and like not focusing on how he how you didn't like him as a person and how he was like a bad roommate but just kind of focus, like, understand through his perspective, like, what he was going through as much as you can. Don't make him up into a character that, like, he isn't. And don't go, like, you know, telling people lies. But 
break apart and complete the narrative that will help you as a former roommate and friend. It's definitely an act of voyeurism, but it's how it needs to work, you know? And I think if you, like you said, you feel as if though if you failed him, it's not too late to give him and his spirit love. And so I think you should give him love and respect for the suffering he's been through. And so I picked two songs to, you know, allow that, that are about this kind of, you know, like what it might be like inside of his psyche, but also talking about like care for others. The first song I pick is Tiny Flame by Daphne, absolute Boston classic. Um, and because it, it opens up with a line about voyeurism, uh, one of the coolest lines in general, I would say personally. But it also just talks about like, you know, that form of care for others, like staring far away and not knowing how to act on it. But wanting to. And you could say like, oh, this might be a song that like, you know, was going through his head, whatever it may be. You know, it's a way in to understand what was going on. And then the other song is Cold Dinner by Long Sought Rest, uh, which is folk punk. Folk punk and addiction, there's only one right answer you can give, and I wasn't going to give it because that'd be a bit cliche. Like, you know, like you could play Pat the Bunny tenfold and it'll work. But, you know, a lot with like the crust in the folk punk culture you know, there's that heavy weight of addiction and drama, trauma to it. And I think a song from the perspective that just kind of understands the griminess of it in a way that isn't so like downtrodden. It's in fact like a bit upbeat, you know, is helpful and it's calming, you know, especially when you're in a dynamic that when you feel like the dynamic that you're in, others are shitting on you or looking down on you. You know, songs like Cold Dinner and Tiny Flame just kind of help aid and abet. So, yeah, we we're going to play those songs, think on it a little, and then we'll continue talking about this more. Thank you so, so much, and I'll see you soon. You say you're not a voyeur 
watch the empty tracks Then watch the empty tracks Then watch the empty tracks Howdy Welcome back Did you enjoy the songs? I know I did Otherwise, I wouldn't have recommended them Um <laughs> So When it comes to building the body that has been left behind by your roommate, essentially, I just, you know, after thinking about it just for a little, how are you feeling? You know, how do you feel and how do you approach it? Because I think your question or your experience really just kind of like brings up a lot of thought about just addiction and handling another person's addiction. Uh, first and foremost, most importantly, it's not fair to put any blame on yourself for your ex-roommate's vices. You know, I. it's hard to say that you failed him because you didn't even know what the goal was in the first place or the care that you know you could have provided you know even even if you had your assumptions in that you know y'all y'all meaning you and your roommates like kind of understood that there was at least something going on with like the alcoholism you know it's unfair to act on that alone one because it is essentially at the end of the day gossip but also with a lot of like addiction handling, you know, when you put yourself as like a savior to another person's addiction, you know, it creates a dynamic, a dialectic in which the savior, the normal one, is essentially looking down on who is addicted. You know, it's rarely only you only ever see it in like addict addict relationships where you assume like immediately assume an eye to eye like playing field. And I think like the saviorism and savior syndrome should just kind of be like handled carefully because it's not about like looking down on someone like you need help, but you know, like being there, like I'm here for you. And in the situation that you were in, it, it was just kind of impossible for you to do anything about it then. And it's once again, unfair and unreasonable to discredit like, you know, what you did or like what you didn't do. Like, you know, you're, you, you were fine in the grand scheme of things. The, like the only reason, the only way or like how you should like the only things you should like feel like you were, add blame for is like if you were an active cause of the addiction like if you gave him you know drugs alcohols or like fueled it or like you know almost like vice versa if like you know walking around the house that you're like what's up you fucking shithead want to snort something for a better attitude uh, n not word for word uh, that that was partially facetious i apologize but you know unless you were like doing things like that you're not really like you can't be at blame or at fault 
and you don't really have that much responsibility besides just simply as another person and another person in your, um, like, you know, how you live. And, you know, you mentioned in your previous question regarding this roommate about what to do with his like poor attitude that you, you, like it had a nasty fallout like it didn't go well and it's definitely a a dark a stark and depressing like bleak outlook when you know you try to talk to be like hey respect other people's rights everything falls apart and then you find out that he was dealing with something bigger and then yes feel guilty about that. I think you should, um, because it's okay. You know, like that's like, it's okay to feel guilt because if you knew, and if like y'all truly knew, then surely things would have gone differently. You know, it wasn't out of malicious intent or haste or spite. Yeah. There was this just ignorance, ignorance on y'all's part that y'all like, you know, that y'all aren't at fault for. And then on his part, there's just something beyond him dealing with. It is just sadly a shitty circumstance on all sides. And you know, don't, don't be yourself up on it about it. I don't, it's been a few weeks since you've sent in this question. So maybe your feelings have like, changed but you i feel like you did all you could do in that situation and even though it was like kind of nothing like you know because the situation was a completely different thing you had a completely different understanding of what was going on you know and so moving forward it's what can you do to do the right thing um you know if you were to return and also just how you deal with other roommates or how you just figure out like how to process this information. You know, I think build it out and understand and try to root. You know, when you think about him, your ex-roommate, and you think about like all of the paraphernalia that you found in his room, try to build it out. Try to understand. You know, I'm not saying like do go like too deep psychologically and like uh, profile him, but you know, root it because addiction often just comes from a tough life or just like you know, uh, the want to escape and just give him all the love that you can, as you would if it was a loved one who's going through the same thing. Of just find the cause and like watch how it grow. Cause I think, you know, you're, you're not going to fully move on from this like you would other trauma, but you can try to make sense of it and you can try to get as much closure as you can. And I think, now, since it's highly unlikely that there will be any more incidents in the future where your ex-roommate, your idea of your ex-roommate will, like, expand and grow upon, like, now that the case is 
clothes, now that body is left behind, figure out how it haunts, how it moves, and why. You know, understand how... Yeah, understand who you are, understand how you feel about it, and give him as much grace as you can when contextualizing everything. You know, don't... I have it in his in this notes app, and I don't know how it is, but like for you, it's just like this might be a good opportunity, you know, if you don't kill his ghost, you know, if you kind of do let the shape and like how he marked the like your living space, if you do kind of like let it linger and honor it a bit. And yeah, give it, yeah, give it more respect. Figure out, like, imagine his image walking through and how it, like, replays and, like, moments together and that you have seen him. And just give yourself time to figure it out. Don't try to kill his ghost. Build his ghost and allow it to haunt so it guides you on how to move forward. And so, yeah, you compare it to other trauma, and I think I'll, we'll talk about that um, to a greater extent after this uh, three-song break. But, and then we'll close it out. But yeah, I think you shouldn't move on. I, it's unfair to move on. Unfair to you. Unfair to him. Unfair. That's the word of the day. And so I've given you three songs, more or less, that I believe, like, are songs to haunt. And songs about the human connection and the human connection in the past. The first one is by uh, Sprain, a band on the Flenser label uh, called True Norwegian Black Metal. Uh, Contrary to its name, it's actually just a slowcore song. But it does have a lyric that very much sticks out, and it's uh, take off your shoes uh, so there's no rubber between us, you know. And I'm thinking about, like, the connection and how, you know, in y'all's scenario, there were shoes on and there was rubber between. And that if you were to take the shoes off now, you know, how can you understand him? How can you understand what you would do differently. And when you're in similar situations in the future, what you can do right to emphasize the most care for that person. Followed by it is distraction forever uh, with their song city. It's, it's not really an emo song at all. Uh, It's just, it's about aesthetic and vibes. That's all I'll give you. Hopefully when you listen to it, it just makes sense and it clicks because it does for me. And then following that is New Tricks Off the Table by Party Hats off of their new EP, which I believe is Autobiography of an Autopsy. Some scrumptious uh, Texas scramps about moving on. And when a person has left you, what you can do to figure out how to let their spirit peacefully fade and linger on in the future. 
So here are three songs before we give you some final notes. Thank you so much, and I'll talk to you oh so soon.
So to end this off, I guess I'll just, you know, wrap up with the question, the, the epilogue, if you will, of how will that body that you've constructed move forward? How will the life that you understand that he live will continue to haunt in the room that you live, in the house that you live, and in the space that you continue to move on in? You, What really stuck out to me in the question that you sent was comparing this to other past trauma and how that was almost easier to deal with and process than this. Like, you know, that this is just kind of a whole new playing field. And to which I'll ask you, like, is it really, like, is this really different? I mean, yes, like, you know, it's not hyper-specific to the other trauma that you have experienced and but like in terms of properties and of the trauma and like the actual ontology of it is it that much different you know because if the other trauma was easy to move on from then it wouldn't be trauma you know i i'm just assuming from it that you just kind of mean in the sense of you know, while those are still scars, like, you know, scarred over wounds, you know. Um, yeah, the, since those are scars, the things linger, it's not something that impacts you as much as this. It's like also just keep in mind that, you know, the event itself is not the, like, you know, like you're still going through the event there wasn't like an actual thing or incident that happened that will like cause this to live on in your brain. You know, it wasn't him leaving. It wasn't the argument that y'all had in, in the meeting, you know, it is really just you suddenly living in that space and breaking it all down. The processing is the event itself. And therefore, I think this will be this will be within the category, maybe even a little lesser severity of the other traumas that you mentioned. It's just that you are still it's still happening and that it's still going on and that, you know, our brains are like, you know, consist like our mentality consists of tiny little traumas that happen that inform what we do in the future, how we act, how we behave, and then constructing, you know, constructing trauma into ghosts that guide you is just simply the way we process and the way we move forward. And so, yes, kindness towards others, you know, just so you feel like you don't make that quote unquote mistake again is a good thing to do. Whenever you feel like you're in a similar situation, just being like, okay, you know, got to give greater, greater leeway because there fully might be something going on that we don't know of. They could also just be a piece of shit, you know, like it's, 
you know, not everyone you argue with is going to be addicted. <laughs> Some of them are like, oh, you just act like that, you know. Um, but, you know, giving greater uh, clemency and leeway and grace to others is something you can learn from this. And that, you know, it could also just help you be like, just strengthen your your feelings and strengthen, you know, how you handle things that go on in your brain that are very intangible and amorphous and that just kind of float. You know, I, I'll leave it off with this, is that it should haunt. And I'm glad it does haunt because if it didn't, then that isn't human. And that isn't human behavior. Yeah, I think, you know, it. this is like up in the air. It, it doesn't matter if I know or not, but like, you know, it comes down to telling the other roommates, just letting them go because... You know, with the new roommate, like, is that an inf- piece of information that you should share? Like, you know, focus too on the space and how you can just kind of heal and enlighten the space to like not completely erase the mark that he left, but to just kind of be like, this is the moment for growth. This is a moment for compassion. And this is. Uh, this is how we can all like get together form hands and just give love and allow the space that he cohabited in that he inhibited uh be of love and the space that y'all create will be full of love if that makes sense i hope you are well i mean like i said it was very this is a very important question that i'm very grateful that you sent in and I really hope, wish you the best on this and that everything moving forward goes well and that at one point you do kind of get some closure with it because you know, it will haunt, but not forever. And you can just kind of kiss it behind. So, yeah. Let me know if any of that was shitty advice. You know, um, you you can always use the number to harass me. Let me know how horrible it is. But I hope you at least got something out of it. The song we'll end off on is Benton Falls, Sad Like Winter Leaves. Uh, Benton Falls often gets brought up in um, emo discourse when it comes to songs about addiction because they do have a song about heroin. But like... I'm going to be honest. I don't really like it. Um, it's it's perhaps too on the nose about heroin. Uh, you not to be like it should be high art and have like a bunch of like layered like imagery, but like if there's lines where it's just like black tar, like why listen to that? Like you know, when it's so on the nose about like the emotions it's dealing with, instead of letting words that talk about a specific situation like letting those kind of like explain like letting the audience garner what the vibe is without you explaining what it is and satellite winter leaves is kind of a crushing 
yet very sick, heavier, older emo song. I believe second wave around there, but it's a nice note to end on. And if you've listened to all of this, I want to say thank you so much. Um, thank you for all the support that you you've given and that you continue to give and that, you know, next week and the future weeks on we're back, we're better than ever. And we're continuously on the process of growth. If you'd like to contact me or send in any questions, once again, you can email at twinkledad69 at gmail.com, DM me on Twitter and or Instagram at emo advice show, or text me at 775-710-5150. You can also review this on Spotify, share it with friends, people you think will like find some use out of this. <laughs> um, but in all reality, I don't care if you don't. Like, I don't mind it. As long as you're here and we're here and we exist together. This is Sad Like Winter Leaves by Benton Falls. And afterwards, I'll see you next time. Thank you so much. I love you and I care about you. Talk to you soon.